I'm going to take you to Bethany. We have an ideal home in Bethany. We have an ideal individual Christian in Bethany. So the Bethany, and in Bethany there was a house where Jesus visited. And we see it in John chapter 12, verse 1 to 3. It says, six days before the Passover, Jesus went to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom he had raised from the dead. So they gave a supper for him there. They gave a supper for Jesus. Mother was serving, and Lazarus was one of them, reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of very expensive perfume of pure nard, and she poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. I'm saying this is an ideal home because these three siblings here, Martha, Lazarus, and Mary, each represent something of the very important elements that an ideal home, an ideal church, and an ideal Christian individual should have. And that is worship, fellowship, and service. Amen. So that's why I said an ideal home. Because of these three values, we see here Martha represents, or Martha is a picture of service. Martha was serving and serving and serving. Lazarus is a picture of fellowship. We see here Lazarus was one of them or those reclining at the table with him. Then we see Mary represents worship. So then Mary took a pound of very expensive perfume. Worship, worship, true worship is like an expensive perfume before God. Amen. So we see worship. We see fellowship. We see service in this home. And these three are important in your home, in your church, and in your life as an individual. But even though they are important, one is the better, I'm using better even though there are three things, is the better, okay, I'll say the best, right? Jesus said she chose the better thing. He was comparing serving and worship. So one is the better. And when we say one is the better, we are not saying this is service is not good. We are not saying fellowship is not good. But the first and the most important is worship. Is to treasure Jesus. To, to, to give him love. To see him as your treasure, as everything for you. To say, Jesus, you are my everything. Those lyrics you give to your wife, your husband, those lyrics you give to, to a girl, sometimes you lie to her because you want to, <laughs> you want to woo her. Those lyrics, now say them truly and meaning them to Jesus. 
Jesus, you are my treasure. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I can't live without you. Jesus, I can't sleep without you. You have told a girl, I can't sleep without you. I can't eat. Jesus, I can't eat without you. And say these words, meaning, meaning them. Mean it. Let it be true about your relationship with Jesus. Don't tell Jesus sweet nothings. Don't lyric lies to Jesus. Is Jesus your love? Is Jesus the love of your life? Is Jesus your desire? Is Jesus your delight? If there is no one to serve, do you still love Jesus? Do you still sit with Jesus? If there is no one to fellowship with, if there's no one to help, if there's no one to talk with, if you're lying on the hospital bed, will you still smile and say, even if I go, I'm going with Jesus? Even when they are stoning you, like what they were doing to Stephen, the Bible said that he looked at heaven and he was smiling. Stephen was smiling. Stephen was having a wonderful moment with the love of his life. And that was Jesus. So he didn't care about the stoning. He didn't care that he was dying. Because he was content with the love of his life. And that is Jesus. This is the first thing. Before you serve, before you fellowship, this is the first thing. Sit at the feet of Jesus. Have a relationship with Jesus. Let not service disturb your relationship with Jesus. Service is good, but let it not disturb your relationship with Jesus. Sometimes we end up serving too much. Because we have a relationship with men. We want men to acknowledge us. Sometimes we end up fellowshipping too much that we don't have quiet time with the Lord. We sit, we recline at the tables too much that we don't have our own time with the Lord. You see, they are all good. Fellowship is good. Service is good. The Bible says that at night when they were going back home to their homes, Jesus would go to the mountain. He would go and pray at night so that when he meets people to serve them, he would have been with the Lord first. When he fellowship with them, he would have been with the Lord. And now he knows how to serve. He knows how to fellowship. And we see these three things in the home of Martha Mary at Bethany. But the first thing, the most important thing is to treasure him, to see him as your treasure and to stop everything else. Amen. If it means to sell or to give up on service, just to worship him, just to be with him. If it means to give up on fellowship, 
We can sell everything to buy that treasure, which is to be with Jesus. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2, from the Living Bible, it says, Now, the most important thing about a servant is that he does just what his master tells him to do. It's not about doing everything. It's not about doing everything. There are so many good things that you can do. But what is that thing that the master wants you to do at, a, at this moment? The most important thing about a servant is that he sits down and he understands what his master wants him to do. Hallelujah. So what do we learn from this home? Worship should be a top priority in every Christian's life. We see twice Jesus commands Mary for worship. He commands her for doing a needful thing. We see that also in Luke chapter 10, verse 41 to 42. And also Jesus is the object of worship. And we see also that worship should take precedence over other things. It should take precedence over serving over the poor. Judas was like, why can't we sell this perfume and give to the poor? Jesus said, you have the poor. So worship actually should take precedence over the poor. True worship should take precedence even over location. The Samaritan woman, she said that, oh, our fathers, they used to worship in this mountain. Jesus said those, the time is coming when those who worship him, who worship him in spirit and in truth, those who treasure him, those who love him, those who enter an intimate relationship with him, don't need to go somewhere to have that relationship. Don't need to go to a picnic with him in the mountain. The Bible says that they worship him in spirit and in truth. And we also see three components of worship illustrated here. We see sacrifice from the cost and the effort and the time that the woman spent. We see sacrifice. If you see how expensive that perfume was that was given by Mary, you understand sacrifice. So worship involves sacrifice, involves giving up something of value, of great great value to you. Worship involves also humility and devotion. She had to wipe his feet with her hair. This was one of the most embarrassing things to do. Just to clean someone's feet, not even talking about wiping with your hair, just to clean someone's feet was so, so embarrassing. It was the least task of, of, of all the slaves. And the Bible says that the glory of a woman is her hair. The hair of woman is her glory. And now she is using her glory to wipe the dirty feet of Jesus. She is using her glory to do the most humiliating thing. The most embarrassing thing. 
she's using, she's giving up her glory to make sure that she has worshipped Jesus. Hallelujah. Are you ready to do an embarrassing thing? You're like, oh, my friends will see me. Worship involves that giving up your glory. What you feel like it's your glory. What you feel like it's your shine. What you feel like it's your swag. Giving up to wipe and to clean the feet of Jesus. That is humility and total devotion. Worship involves concentration. She was so focused on making sure that she anointed the body of Jesus before his death. Amen. Service is not wrong. Charity is not wrong. Obedience is not wrong. But without worship, all other things lose their meaning. Worship is the one thing which is needed to treasure Jesus, to sell everything for him. Hallelujah. Philippians 3, verse 7 to 8, it explains what that man in the parable did. Philippians 3, verse 7 to 8, it says, this is Paul speaking. He said, but whatever things were gained to me, these things I have counted as loss because of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus. The knowing here is the knowing of being in a relationship, in an intimate, a deep, intimate relationship with Jesus. So all things are lost. These are economic terms that we are speaking about. All things are lost when we have the view of the surpassing value. Do you understand the value of Christ? Do you understand the value of the treasure that is in you, that God has deposited in you? You say, oh, I'm someone, I'm, I'm a good, good for nothing person. Oh, I'm not good. You are good. You are good. Why? You have this treasure. Don't look down upon yourself. Don't look at what you cannot do and think I'm worthless. Don't let them tell you that you are worthless. Don't allow it to be part of your life, to condemn yourself, to look at yourself and say, I'm good for nothing because you are good. And here, Paul is saying, I, I, I consider, I count all things to be lost, to be nothing, to be garbage. He used the word garbage. He used the word rubbish. Everything else I can give up when it's compared to the value of Christ, the value of being with Christ. Hallelujah. My Lord, Christ, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them mere rubbish so that I may gain Christ. If you read from the Amplified Version Classic, 
It says, yes, furthermore, I count everything as loss compared to the possession of the priceless privilege. It is a privilege. The overwhelming preciousness. Hallelujah. The overwhelming preciousness. The, the surpassing wealth. The supreme advantage. The supreme advantage of knowing Christ Jesus, of being intimate. This knowing here is being intimate. That's why he said, my Lord, and of progressively becoming more deeply and intimately acquainted with him. Hallelujah. Do you love Christ? Are you in a love relationship with him? Are you in a love relationship with him? It's good to serve. It's good to do the tasks in church. It's good, but let them be done because you love Christ so much. Not because you are a Christian. There are some things we do because we are a Christian, right? There are, things, there are some things we do because people know that we are, we are Christians, right? But here I'm telling you, whatever you do, whatever you do for another brother, whatever you do for an unbeliever, whatever you do in church, in your ministry, love because you are so deep in love with him. Forgive because you are so deeply in love with Christ. Hallelujah. He is the treasure. For joy, let us sell everything. The idea is not in the price. It's not in the selling. The idea is on giving up everything else. And not, not begrudgingly. But he said, for joy, for joy. When he found a treasure, for joy over it. He goes and sells all that he has and buys that field for joy. Love Jesus for joy, for joy, for joy. Do you, do you have this joy in the Lord? Do you have this delight in the Lord? Do you delight in him? Do you, do you find joy in him? Do you love him? Do you delight in him? Do you find joy in him? Are we content in him? What is it in our life that we need to give up to fully love God back? What is it that we are holding on? What is it that we've been holding on for so long? What is it in your life? Is it that sin that easily entangles you? Give up. Give it up. Give it up for Christ. Hallelujah. Look. Luke 18, verse 28 to 30. Peter said to him, we have left all we had to follow you. We have left all we had to follow you. And this is what you will say. And Jesus will give you a beautiful promise, a very, very beautiful promise we see here in verse 29 and 30. He said, truly, I tell you, truly, verily, I tell you. And I want you to believe me right now. I want you to believe me. Jesus said to them, no one, no one who has left home 
or wife, or brothers, or sisters, or parents, or children, for the sake of the kingdom of God. No one who has left, no one who has sold everything, no one who has given up everything for the sake of the kingdom will fail to receive many times as much in this age. Not only in the future, not only, not only when Jesus comes back, he said, no one, no one will fail to receive as many times as much in this age. Today, in this age, and in the age of eternal life. Hallelujah. People may look at you and say, oh, you have given up everything. Look at you. Just say, it is well. Whatever they say, they mock you. They say, look, you are poor now. Say, it is well. They say, you are sick now. Say, it is well. You don't have this and that. Say, it is well. Because no one, no one, no one who has left all these things will fail to receive many times as much in this age and in the age to come to eternal life. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you. Jesus, you are our treasure. And in you are hidden also all the treasures. We thank you for the beautiful gift of salvation. We thank you for your glory and your presence that is living in us. We thank you for this treasure in our jars of clay that will make us unbreakable, that will make us undestroyable, that will make us unconsumable, that will cause us not to fail. We thank you for your promises that since we gave up everything to follow you, since we fell in love with you, we will not fail to receive as many times from you. Blessed be your name. Let this word, O oh God, and this truth of choosing you, of falling in love with you in deep, and progressive, intimate relationship with you be our portion today and forevermore. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.